Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat end their season in a heartbreaking fashion. The Marlins are trying to find a way to win a series. Got the Canes baseball team starting their regional play this week, and we recap this weekend's big boxing match. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. back i'm in all black <laughs> i'm in the morning nah i got a good chelsea news so i'm 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 not happy nah man today has been far, rough far from it um yeah shit it's i didn't it's rough it's rough good to see you dog yeah, but it's good to see you bro under i, I wish i, I wish it was under better circumstances absolutely i mean i was looking forward to this podcast i was ready to you know talk uh moving on to the finals and Oof. And a good, uh, you know, prediction come to fruition. I would have been three for three. I predicted this one to go to game seven. And instead, I just kind of sat in my bed all day, soaking in my own misery and uh, didn't put pants on until I had to come and record. Thank you for putting pants on. I mean. I appreciate it. it, it I was about to not do it. No, no. I was about to cancel on you, honestly. <laughs> um, seeing as how I'm also still hurt by the fact that you sold us all out on Thursday last week. And then it comes to support the boys, even though you're retired now. High car trouble, dog. Hey, you know what, bro? Save that for the birds, all right? There's all Uber, right. all I right? Guess. <laughs> I guess. No, and, no, uh, you know, I'm just very disappointed in, in, in what happened. And um, there's a lot to talk about, so. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, man. And um, this this episode is going to be rough. This episode is going to be rough because we really didn't have, see ourselves in this predicament, right? Um, we knew it was a possibility. Obviously, somebody had to lose the series, but... We didn't expect it to be us, especially with how we battled back in Boston. Um, you know what? If we're gonna talk about the Heat and how they ended their season, mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta make a toast to them. And I just brought something to help us get through this episode. So let me go ahead and set this up. Why don't you play some right. music for no, the people no, no to get the mood ads. going? No free ads here. No free ads. There we go. Jimmy, he tried, man. Hero, he tried. Well, hero, hero tried. PJ, got a lot to talk about with that guy. Max, <sighs> Kyle, the, aka the Gunner, Coach Chunky Bo, Dunk. the rest of the boys, man. Thank you, guys. Oh my God. Make mine a double. Yeah, that's a double right there. <sighs> okay. Everybody hurts. Sing it. Sometimes. Yeah, that's us, man. We're hurting right now. This is for the Miami Heat season. Cheers. Sometimes Cheers. Oh, there it is. There it is. Now it's time to sing along. What oh. do we do? Now what do we do? Because I, I came, I woke up today, or had the expectations to wake up today, like, all right, time to celebrate, podcast is going to be fun. 
we have a, a great thing to celebrate, another, another championship run, another finals appearance, and it all got taken away. And honestly, it, 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 the story with the team is the fact that we got off to another bad start in a critical game seven. Yeah. That first quarter really like hurt us. We barely had 10 points in that first quarter. Couldn't get it together. Um, Boston was able to get a lot of transition points. Right, They built up their lead basically on fast break points where we were either committing a turnover or missing a shot, right? And they would just grab it, push it, push it, push it. And to Coach Duca's credit, that was his game plan. He wanted the guys to push it, and he wanted the guys to kind of run at the heat because I felt like he knew that – not that he had us on the ropes, but that we're, we're, we're pretty much on our last leg, right? Like we had key injuries. Um, Hero missed the previous two games, comes back to play seven – Really, is not himself. Can't really play that much. Um, gave it a gutsy effort, but you could just tell that he was in no shape to compete. You know, no shape to compete. Uh, PJ Tucker's body literally broke down. You know, it literally broke down on him. He had no more juice left to give. And then we were ended. We ended up relying on guys like Struess, um, Vincent Oladipo you know, to, to come in and, and be productive in his shots. And even a guy like Lowry, right? Because when you pay a guy $30 million and you make a trade for him to to kind of help in this scenario, you kind of expect this guy to really come out here and play really good basketball. This was the series where he played bad. And it was the same type of thing where he's injured, he's trying to come back, and he just can't for whatever reason. Yeah. <clears throat> mixed. Emo- I mean, there's still mixed emotions about Kyle Lowry, I think. Um, you know, I said it last episode that, you know, the, well, two episodes ago, I, I, I guess that, you know, people were really upset or just not happy with the way that he's been playing, you know, for the team recently. And then he kind of had a good performance. He had a bounce back performance where he, you know, he had some, you know, a, a you know, game clinching steal at the end and, and really helped us pull away. I think in that game, uh, uh, I can't remember what game it was now game three, I think. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, back to back bad performances, um and just underwhelming all around. There's there's mixed emotions around Cal Lowry right now. I think um I think I think he he did you know what he could considering the injury. Uh, hamstring injuries are are tricky. You know what I mean. And and you know if we want to just fall on something for a reason, you, you could call it that. You can call it the fact that he you know was out a lot of the season. And you know to your point, that chemistry wasn't there. You know maybe you could look at that. Um, but man, there's just, there's just so much, man. So, so many thoughts going through our head. I mean, we've been, we cover this week in and week out, dog, you know, every Monday we're here and, you know, rain or shine, win or lose, we're covering our heat, we're dissecting what they're doing, what's going on. And I mean, we, we, this team right here, we know could have easily beat them in five games. We know that. And, but we saw some things in this series, man, that we really haven't seen out of the heat. So, and and it was it was disappointing, man, to say the least. You know, even though we had a forty-seven point performance from Jimmy Butler in Game Six to get the W on the road when we needed it, right? You know, even though he put up thirty-five in Game Seven, you know, even though we had uh, you know Gay, um, Max Struess, you know, hitting big shots for us when when, he, when we needed it. Um, Bam. People you were know, asking, "Where's Bam?" Well, well we're gonna get into Bam in a second here because I got I, I haven't talked to you. But about let's it. start here. This is this is the first topic that I really wanted to get to with covering the Heat. Excuse me. And the 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 thing for me is us losing three straight home games. 
That was that was one of the things that we haven't done How? all season. Like we haven't done that all season, and then we find ourselves where we get home court advantage specifically to play or face a team like this, and the Heat come up on the short end of, of the stick. It's the only way to really put it because losing three straight home games like that, two of them in dominating fashion, right? It doesn't bode well for how how you can look at the chances, and that that was an argument or a discussion that I was having really with, amongst my core group of friends, and it was it was more like, how could you feel confident in the team? And it's like, well, it's the fact that we have the home court advantage, the fact that we can gonna play a game seven at home with everything on the line. Didn't work out that way, you know, no. and it, and it was super weird for us to lose those many that many games in a row like that at home. Winning on the road was no question. We've done that. We know we can go out into these tough environments and go win. But we were heavy on the fact that at home, in our building with our fans, yeah, we're not going to get dogged. <laughs> and we got dogged multiple no. times, not just one game. You're right. We got dogged several games. I mean, game two, you know, how are, you know, how, how are they going to come out? And, and was it game? No, they beat us game one. Right. No, we won game one. We won lost, game one at lost home. Game two. That was a good game. Game two was the one where they bounced back and they beat us. I mean, what are we doing? We lost game two at home, game five at home, and game seven at home. Uh, I mean, that's, that's rough. That's awful. That's really rough. And, and and if we just focus on game seven and how we lost that, right, the, the first quarter is a bad start. We have a really good second quarter where we break that lead down, which was up to 17 at some point, um, break that lead down to five points for halftime. In the third quarter, we let it go, get up again, control it, bring it down to seven, head into the fourth quarter, down seven points, and the Heat are just battling, battling, battling back, battling back, never really getting that close until like the final three minutes of the game. Literally. Where, where they make a hell of a run. They literally start to go back and forth with how they're trading basket for basket or miss for miss with Boston. 11-2 run, you know, to, to put the Heat in the position to be – ahead or tie the game and then comes the controversy right the heat get a stop grab the rebound only down one i believe at that time or down two we were down two 40 seconds left or somewhat and jimmy butler's heading down the basket down the lane has a full steam of speed heading down just crosses half court, and you can just tell him that he wanted a big moment shot. He pulled up for the three. He had Horford backpedaling. There was nobody guarding the rim. He could have probably jarred, drawn the foul on Horford, got the and one, and got a chance to earn that three-point play on the, on the line. How do you feel personally about the, sh the shot that Jimmy took? Did he deserve to take it? Would we obviously we'd be speaking a different story if he makes the shot, right? But how'd you feel about that? I mean, initially, obviously, that you see that, and it, knowing Jimmy's specialty is literally driving to the hole and drawing the foul and making the bucket. You know what I mean? For the old-fashioned three-point play, I I would have preferred that. I mean, immediately as soon as it was happening, you know, we were you know we were watching and we were like, why is he pulling up? Like I saw him already pulling up and I was not happy with it. It's one of those things. Obviously, he makes it and it's like shuts you up. That the roof falls off that building and, right. and it's it's crazy. It's pandemonium, right? And he absolutely deserved to take the shot. I mean, this man put the team literally on his back, night in and night out. 
the whole playoffs. Except the one game where he was out the second half where he got hurt or whatever, and I think that was game five, I want to say, and we still won that game or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it, it it's not what I envision, you know, Jimmy doing in that scenario. But at the end of the day, if anybody's going to take that shot for us, I'm okay with Jimmy. If Lowry would have done that and missed, oh, Papa, this would be a different story. But Jimmy did that. And you know what? If, if we were going to win it in that moment, it was, you know, it was going to be, uh, it was meant to be then, but it wasn't meant for us to, to win it. I mean, you got to go do or die with Jimmy. You have to. Um, I think that he has earned the right, not only with the fans, with the coaching staff, more importantly with his teammates, for them to look at him and be like, you're our leader. You're the one we follow. You're the one we trust. Um, 47 points. Yeah, man. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he beasted. He beasted. And it was all will. All will. You know, he willed himself to make shots. He willed himself to get to the free throw line. He willed himself to make the free throws, right? Um, and in this in this game seven, you can just tell that he was exhausted. He missed a couple of free throws. The, the rest of the team missed free throws in the beginning of the game, um, which kind of hurt, right? Um, kind of hurt us because it, it took away points from our momentum. And when you look at it and you look back at the game and say, damn, that he only lost by four. Well, obviously, we fouled them, and they made the two free throws when we were trying to close out the game. Yeah, but they had a, a double-digit lead pretty much the entire game. Pretty it, much it, the it entire went, game. It went from 9 to 15, 9 right. to 15. And it, at home, game seven, when we just won on the road in Boston, you're, you're, going, you're pulling your hair out as a fan. Excuse me. You know, I'm flustered. Look at this. Whoa. You're pulling your hair out as a fan because you're like, what is going on right now? You're, you know, just This game in particular, there was a couple things that stood out. Obviously, everybody's going to say this. Let's get it out of the way. You know, We're going to be biased because we're a Heat fan. The refs. The refs screwed us all series, I felt like. You know, we did yes. get some calls, but we also got a lot of bad calls that went against us primarily, number one. And, and, and again, the whole game, the whole series doesn't ride on this one particular play, but it's like, yo, what are we doing right here? Max Struess was his heel on the line. I've seen the video about a, a million times. times. And I've come to the conclusion that they're, like in football, there is not enough evidence to overturn the call of a made basket being good. So how are you going to go and overturn that when the game is on the line, literally? Go back and change it. You know, to go back and change it. It was definitely very That's something weird. I don't see in basketball, bro. No. So it, it makes me think, fishy. you know, is, is Donahue or whatever that, that ref's name, like is he still like running around like controlling shit? Because very, very fishy. And then besides that, like actual gameplay. So, dude, we did well all season. Right. We've done well all season in transition. We are a transition team. Where was our transition game in game seven, or for the whole series for that matter, both stopping their transition and also um, capitalizing on our transitions well, wasn't the, there. The, the biggest key was like that, that, that thing that you pointed out right now, that we were unable to make stops when Boston was getting to transition. And, and it's hard to defend that when you just keep repeatedly missing shots. You know what I mean? Like you missed three shots in a row. That's three fast break opportunities you just gave that other team. You missed five shots, six shots. And at one point, the Heat missed nine straight shots. I tweeted it out, and I was like, I can't believe I'm tweeting this. That we've missed nine straight shots. Like, somebody take it to the freaking hole. Somebody try to get a dunk. That's, and that was that's happening more often than we needed it to. Way more. And it happened a lot during the series. The whole series. You know, so that's those are the, the offensive, man, I don't want to say, like, 
negatives, but it's definitely a negative because it hurt it hurt the Heat in the long run. And yeah, Steve Foster sucks as a referee. He sucks. He has a bad track record. He has a bad track record. Period in the, in the NBA. Um, and this was the second game he officiated for the Heat in the finals. The other one didn't go so well for us as well. Besides that, I just felt like the Heat didn't do enough collectively. You know, we we depended on Jimmy way too much, way too much. And I get it. That's what he's here for. Yep. But when the second best player is Bam and everything else behind that is shit, it makes it rough. It makes it hard. It makes it tough. Absolutely. It, it's, it's like, how, how do you expect to win a series against a good Boston team? And I'm not going to say a better Boston team. Yeah, you can say the better team won. We can point to a lot of things, but we, we'll just say that the healthier team won, right? Because they had big injuries on their side too. Robert Williams was really affecting the game for them. Not, not only this particular game, but the series. He ends up getting hurt. Um, we know that Marcus Smart was dealing with an ankle injury, is dealing with an ankle injury, uh, Tatum with the shoulder problem. So, like, both sides have big injuries to their players. But even still, they felt I felt like they matched up very evenly throughout the series, very evenly. It just sucks that we got to this point where the Heat fell apart and couldn't shoot as well because that's what that's what it ultimately came down to, and that's what we were known for. Three-point shooting was our downfall, our downfall this entire series. We, go, we can go back and, and break down the numbers, and we'll be, like, amazed that – I think that he ended up shooting like less than 30%. I want to say 26, 27%. For a team that shoots 40% from three in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be in tough games, and you're going to end up losing those tough games more often than not because you're depending on a Jimmy three in transition to to win you the game as opposed to being ahead six points and feeling comfortable. Exactly. It should have never got down to that. <clears throat> we should have already been. They should have been the ones fighting back for a chance to win on the road game seven, not us at home trying to, you know, lack, claw back at the last second and, and win it on a transition three. You know what I mean? At that point, that's why I'm okay with him taking that shot. Yeah. Because it's like, how much more do you want from this man, you know? He deserves um, it. But, you know, you just talked about somebody that I'm having mixed feelings about right now, man, both with the way that his, his series played out, his playoffs played out, his whole season ended up. Um, and kind of the way that he exited, you know, the, the game last night, um, or two nights ago now, by the time you're hearing this, but that? bam, bam, out of bio, bam, man, I, bam uh, bio. you know, I've, I've had a lot of love for bam. I said a lot of great things for bam. I, I still hold all those things true, you know, phenomenal defensive, you know, specimen. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. You know, I guess he, I think he gets, he has the respect of his teammates and the admiration. Um, but you know, you, you, you talk about. Miss shots, and a lot of those shots, in my opinion, were just bad shot selections. And when I think about bad shot selections, I think about Bam Adebayo because I don't know how many times I yelled at the TV in this series at Bam not being aggressive enough, taking these little 10-foot, 12-foot jump hook shots that are always either hitting the back or coming up short, hitting the front of the rim, as opposed to putting it on the ground, putting a body or a shoulder into somebody, taking it to the rim, and dunking it. The echo, man. You're killing yourself. I'm sorry, man. dog. I'm sorry. But I here's the problem. Help it. He's not, A, he's not strong enough to, to deal with a guy like Horford or anybody who's bigger than him. Horford has that guy by at least 20, 30 pounds. Easy. <clears throat> so, yeah, ha, ha, Bam can move laterally and side to side and, and really take him off that. But the moment that he gets to the paint, 
and it's time to go up, Bam's not, not that he's strong enough. It's just his body's not that big. He's not a big, fat guy. You look at him, he's lean. He's muscle-bound. Look at Horford, not muscle-bound. So that big dude is going to be able to push Bam around. It's, it's, it's just a fact. That's like expecting Bam to go up against Joker head-on and really try to dunk on Joker. That shit's not going to work. It's just not going to work because the body, the mass, is, is not there. So what we needed to see from Bam, and, and it sucks because we only we didn't see it enough, to be honest, but we saw it in spurts where the Heat were really desperate, right? Or when he realized, like, okay, shit, this is the opportunity that I have to make points. We saw it when he, when he noticed that he can just take that one dribble and pull up and shoot. And if you notice, that's what was effective in the first half of the Heat game. He got to 10 points like this in that first half of game seven. Like this. And everybody was like, yeah, that's the bam and whatever. And what was, what was it? It was him attacking the basket, attacking the offensive rebounds, which he ended up with three or four. Him trying to be efficient. Ended up with 20, I think, three points. Yo, that's twice, big dog. I'm flustered. Big time. You know what <clears> I mean? <throat> so, so here's the thing. The, the problem is that this entire heat season, we expected Bam to be a 30-point guy. No. No. Yeah, because you know what? No. Bullshit. And this is why I tell you why. Because... Those those extra points or emphasis that you were stating, the the finish at the rim and, and take your guy off the dribble and dunk and all that stuff, that shit that a guy like Jason Tatum does. A guy like, um, again, Joker can do. A guy like Embiid can do. Bam's not that type because he doesn't have, his body's not built like that. that <clears throat> I disagree. I disagree, and the main reason why I disagree is he's our center. He's our biggest he's body. He's not a center. He's our center on the floor. Spell plays him as our center. Bro, he's yeah. not our center. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me explain. He is our center when he's out on the court. He's the biggest body. He plays the middle so he can guard every position. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I understand that he gives up some things because he doesn't have the mass or the size. But you can play bigger. We've seen him play bigger. We've seen other guys play bigger and show up and deliver. And he did not do that for us in this series, unfortunately. And also, now that we're on the topic, you talked about Tatum. Another thing I didn't like, end of the game. Everybody's congratulating that team. There's something a little too curious about his dap up to Jason Tatum. And then, after the fact, walked out of the tunnel and tore, ripped his heat jersey right in half. I don't care about that shit. I care about all that, so I'm surprised you don't, dog. I don't care about that I'm shit. I'm looking into all that, dog, because right now I'm feeling like I want to ship him out of here and go bring Embiid or go bring Donovan Mitchell let or me go bring somebody else in here, you don't, you don't think that, and not do some shit like that. Let me that. ask you a question. You think that you're not being a super heat homer by saying I'm going to trade Bam for Joel Embiid? Get the fuck out of here, man. There's no way in hell that, A, the 76ers would even consider trading their big dominant man for a smaller... Not so dominant, no, man. No, but if we Get package three or four other guys with them, all right. So then, Duncan like, Robinson, oh, send them away. So now we're just uh, everybody's Tyler just Hero, gonna take our trash. Love you, dog, but. Get out of here. You go. Everybody's just gonna take our just, trash. We need a big man, dog, because we're we're exposed. Okay, so you don't have a big man. You're not gonna be able to do anything. All right, though. but you say again, again, dog. You gotta take the emotion out of it because it, then you're not even thinking about what's happening on the court. You say that we need a big man. We need a big man to play next to Bam. No. That's the issue because the problem is that you expect Bam to go out there and battle these seven-footers when he's already given up six inches and 30 to 40 pounds. 
That's physically impossible. The only reason why a guy like P.J. Tucker can play bigger than he plays, and that's a guy who's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six with shoes, right, depending and, on what shoes, cover centers. is because he put, has extra weight. He weighs 200 and something pounds, so he can throw his body. But you know what? If Tatum gets him in the right spot, if Joel Embiid gets him in the right spot, if Kevin Durant gets him in the right spot, you know what he's giving up? Eight inches over everybody who decides to shoot over him. And that's what KD did last year. He did it over and over and over again. It's not like P.J. Tucker stopped KD last year because he didn't. I mean, he kind of did, dog. No, 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 he didn't because the uh, only issue— I'm pretty sure they won that series and went out to They won the that series, but you know what? KD dropped 45 on his head, and the only and reason the, why the they won— games. Right, no, 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 on that last game. And the only reason why in that overtime, that game even went to overtime was because his foot was on, his foot was on the line. If KD's foot is not on that line, that's a three-pointer game's over. Milwaukee goes home, yeah, they don't get right. a championship. I'm just saying, my point is this. A guy like P.J. Tucker, yeah, for all that body and you're going to feel my my weight and all that stuff, he's giving up mad something somewhere else. He just happens to be on his height. He's 6'5", dog. Him being big, strong is not going to help That's recover We're not talking inches. about Same thing with We're talking Bam. about Bam. Here. Same thing with Bam. Bam being 200 and something pounds and being 6'8", 6'9", is not going to help him get and cover a guy who's 7 foot, 250 plus. It's not, it's not going to help him. His athleticism is not going to help him do that. The only thing that we have to do is think about position and where we want him to match up and who can defend him. That's an easy way to expose Bam, to say, hey, little guy, go out there and defend the biggest guy on the court because now he's going to get in foul trouble, for sure, shit that we don't want, number one. And then number two, he's going to be even tired, even more tired on offense, and then we're going to say, hey, man, you're not even carrying your weight. That's not the problem. The problem isn't Bam. Now he has to be, learn how to be more aggressive and work on his jump shot. I'll burn him from that. If he doesn't learn how to do that, get, bye. Bye. Because so you're, you're never going to be able to be efficient on offense. So what is our problem then? Just the fact that we weren't 100% healthy? It's him. It's Bam not being efficient on offense. He needs to hit that jumper consistently. He needs to be a 50% shooter from, the, from that jumper at the very least. My underlying sentiment about Bam Adebayo's performance is he played scared the entire series. Except for the one game that he helped us really win. He got muscled. But he played scared. Not, bro, you can get muscled, dog. I don't care. No, you can't. You can, it'll happen because you're talking about the, phys- the, literal, the literal physical differences in players and all that. You can get body, dog. But when you're playing scared and you're getting bullied out there, and you're seeing it in his eyes that he's scared to drive to the rim. And then when he was driving to the rim, I don't know how many times on a little little fake you know, turnaround, he would get stripped by somebody at the top of the key. And he just all over the place, bro. He was just playing scared and not poised. Okay, but then again, it's, I, don't, I don't think that's him playing scared. That's not him playing scared. That's, again, asking him to create shit when he's not a creator. And if and you're talking about being so out muscled, is, is if you talk about out being out muscled, he cannot allow that because when he's driving into the lane and and Horford was putting a body on him, guess what that would do? Derail him and get him out of the paint, yeah. and he had to go somewhere else. So that's him being out muscled. He can't allow that to happen. We can't let him be the guy being out muscled. You get me? Now, if you noticed, Bam took took advantage when it was time to go to work, and he did have a step on Horford or a step on Tatum every time he beat those guys to the rim. Why? Because they can't catch him athletically. Obviously, they can't. And he was able to finish. 
He needs to get better at shooting. That's the thing. We need to burn Bam for not being good enough to shoot because that's the only way that big guys are going to respect his game because he's going to be able to draw them out where he can at least do some type of damage or hit shots in their face. That whole expecting Bam to put in work down there in the paint, that shit's a wrap. We got to get that out. We can can agree to disagree, dog, on this topic, honestly, because I disagree. I don't think we developed him into a shot, uh, you know, a a 15, 20-foot shooter. That is not what we got Bam out of bio and we've been working on with him. He's been here to defend every position on the on the floor, which is perfectly fine. And bro, just go to the rim. You're seven <laughs> feet tall. Why? He's not seven feet tall, guy. You basically are, dog. No, you're not. When you're rolling, how if you're six nine, dog? That's not seven feet, bro. Trust me, it's a huge All difference. Right, bro. All right, not now. We're just getting into the weeds here, bro. It's, I'm you just saying that's a you huge under- difference. You understand what I'm saying, bro? You're a big ass dude. Why, when your point guard is rolling to the rim, you're standing back at the corner waiting for, a, and then you're just standing there, dog. Roll with him. I don't know why, but Tyler Hero brings that out of him. When when Tyler Hero was in the game yesterday for a brief moment. There's two times where Tyler Hero would pick, get the pick, up. right, from Bam, uh-huh. and he rolls with with him, but with no everybody else, it's like he's scared. He doesn't and you know do what it. Bam was what was happening? Is it just that Tyler Hero is that much better at setting it up? Absolutely, number one and number two. You know what was what was happening to Bam whenever that would happen? They were pushing him out of the paint. They were pushing him out of the paint. They were not letting that guy get into the paint because they knew that they can push him out of the paint. He had no other big men there. There was no other big body to say, hey, I'm going to bring some type of attention from the biggest guy on the court that they have. Nobody. It's a mismatch for us, dog. It's a fucked up mismatch for us. For them to have a bigger guy on Bam, it's a mismatch for us. You know why? Because Bam can't hit shots. If Bam could hit shots, it would be more of a... Uh, uh, even match because then again he can shoot shots hit him in front of the guy's face and whenever the guy comes close boom I'm gonna blow by him and finish at the rim a lot easier as opposed to him waiting for me at the rim and I gotta take it up on the seven footer that's not gonna work we're, we're again we're being idiots because then we're expecting for something physically that can't happen to happen and getting mad at the guy for not making it happen no, we need to find another solution. And that's what gets me to the last topic. It's what what are the moves to make? You know, you talked about Lowry. Um, I feel like that's the guy we have to explore getting out of here. And, and it's fucked up. Damn, because dog, you're going to turn on your boy that quick? It's like that. Damn. It's like that when you're a 32-something-year-old guard 30, making $30 million a year and, and, and you're not, not able to be on the court. That's my issue. You know, and when you're on the court, you look sloppy, you look clownish. And, yeah, he tried in game six. He had 18 points. Cool. Great job, man. But you know what? That's bare minimum shit that I expect from Lowry. That's bare minimum. Because that's this is what we got him for. This is what we got him for, to be that helper, that facilitator. He couldn't even set up the offense. He's turning over the ball, missing air balls, like, Missing layups. I don't know how many shot clock violations we had, bro. And that's because of him not being able to get the offense going. We have to give, we, we're giving the ball to Jimmy, and Jimmy's holding it, waiting for somebody to cut. I even four, five, six, seven seconds. Meanwhile, now we're passing the ball. Ah, we got to take a last minute shot. Of course, we're going to miss that. But that's on Lowry because he's supposed to be our general on the court, and he played like ass this series. You know, straight Not just, not just this series, bro. This playoffs. Ass. The season. Like, he did not play like a championship caliber player. He did not. 
so bold for me for me to look at him and be like, okay, this is a guy that making thirty million dollars, right, for the Heat next year. One of the only few guaranteed contracts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, twenty eight. Excuse me. He's making twenty eight mil. Bam's thirty. You can call it thirty. We don't gotta get into the You know, the Bam's making thirty. Jimmy's gonna be making thirty seven, and then you got Duncan at sixteen, followed by PJ Tucker, who has a player option, <laughs> and Hero, who has obviously that he had their option on him. So we're gonna pick that up. Nobody else is guaranteed. Not Vincent. Not Strews. Yurts. Nobody. No, I mean, well, I think I think we gotta go back after Vincent. You know, we gotta give Vincent. Um, Something, nothing crazy, obviously, <clears throat> but one point eight. Do you invest one point eight in him? Do you invest one point eight in Struz? Uh, in Struz, for sure, more than one point eight. I think. I think he adds a lot of value. I, I think that there was moments during these playoffs where it was like, damn, man, we kind of wanted a little bit more out of Struz, but then there was also moments in these playoffs where we got some big moments out of Struz. But like you don't think he hit his and in game seven. You don't think he hit his hit his ceiling as far as what he can produce for the Heat? Yeah. Well, but I mean, if even if he hit it, don't you think he can produce that again? And that's not added value to the Heat. What he can bring to the table, seeing what we have seen, because if, if we're going to argue that, we can say I can argue Duncan has reached his, his ceiling with the Heat. He's another guy, and it's not worth the Heat continuing to to pursue that relationship, like to, in the, in that regard. I agree with you on that one for sure. But with the thing that I'm thinking about when it comes to Struess is this: he he played good because he got a lot of opportunities. Because our point guard position was lacking. If we if we're able to shore that up, because Struce is not a starting point guard, right? You're talking about Struce or Vincent? <clears throat> Struce. They're both making. They both have the same option. It's one point eight million dollars for the Heat to pick up. Um, Struce is not a, a starting point guard. Neither no. is Vincent, right? No. Okay. So if the Heat upgrade that position and get rid of Cal Lowry, which we'll have to f- wait a couple of weeks in the summer to see how that shit shakes out. But if the Heat are able to, to upgrade that position, how much playing time does Struz get? If we got a guy like Beal in here, or you know what I'm saying, something to that caliber, a guy yeah, he, who, who he, you know who well, can play a lot, ball out. Does is Beal a true point guard? I don't think he. I think he's more of like he a would two. be. He would be a true point guard down here because he he's definitely has the handles. Yeah, to but create I, I on th- his all right. Own. So a perfect example, like if we got a guy like Beal and he was the one, I can totally see somebody like like Max Struz playing the two, Jimmy playing the three, Bam playing the four. Why not start here? Because he just won six man of the year. We see what he can do off the bench for us. But I, mean, I feel like why not we, keep that going? Because I feel like we need the not 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 that the the def, the bench needs help, but I feel like hero scoring was seriously slacking throughout this playoff series. Yeah. And I, I, I if we're facing teams that are offensive minded, we need a twenty point scorer starting the game. And that's what Hero is at this point. He's a twenty point scorer. How do you have that guy just on the bench? We can't just keep that guy on the bench and then have a guy that we start. I feel like Hero has to work on his defense, right, and really improve on that a lot. But I feel like he's done enough this season to warrant having that starting spot, especially if it's at a, next to a true point guard. If it's next to a true point guard, an, up, an upgraded version, um, or even an in-shape available Kyle Lowry, I feel like – Heroes the the natural move to get him started and really put him on black on on full display and say, show me what you got. What about uh, somebody you haven't mentioned yet? Well, what do we do with Victor Oladipo? And what does Victor Oladipo do with us? I think he go gets the money, man. He's gonna go, go be able to get five, six, seven, maybe eight million dollars somewhere. I don't see him taking a mid level or some veteran minimum here. 
If you're the Heat, would you offer him five mil for a year? Try try to give him the minimum that'll keep him happy. My issue with Victor Oladipo is that we relied on him. And Did we though? But yeah, because we were we had to we we were down to fumes, right? And he was the fumes. But in the sense of like when he was on the court, he did try to do a little bit too much, and I just saw way too many air balls, back, like backboard breakers, missed layups. He just too inconsistent for me, you know. And if somebody's gonna go out there and offer this guy six million dollars, I'm not paying him five. I pay him three, two, maybe, maybe four, maybe three point five. I don't know. But my <laughs> problem with with Victor Oladipo is that like. Not that he's a, a has-been or washed or whatever, but in the most competitive aspect that we could have seen him compete, we saw it, and it wasn't that great. I mean, I look at it like this. The guy is a year removed from the game. You know, he played for us for a little bit, had an injury that was a non-contact injury for the most part, put him out for an entire year, came into the team just like, Weeks before the season, the regular season ended, had a couple games, had a one, you know, one big flash. Then in the playoffs, he had big moments for us. He, he's able to hit threes. He's able to drive to the rim and finish. He's able to d, d up, you know, play defense pretty they well. Play good defense. Uh, so he's a great two way player. And you're talking about a former All Star or All Pro in this league um, that still has, you know, I mean, we're, we're we're we signed PJ Tucker to a two year deal at 36, 37 years old. Right. You know, why not? you know, take a chance on a Victor Oladipo that we know what he's been able to do before. And, you know, the fact that you can go chase the money, that's fine. But if there's something that can help him, you know, make his nut, right, for keep him happy, why wouldn't he want to stay with a team like an organization like the Miami Heat that he knows has a legitimate opportunity to go back to the the conference finals and get that redemption, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know where his head's at, obviously, yeah. If money's the key, money's the situation, you know, Go get your money, dog. Nobody's gonna hate you for that. But if if you wanted, you know, a real shot at, at making a run and and for a championship, because at the end of the day, I think that's the most important thing for any athlete of any professional level is you know you want to get to that championship and you want to win it. I, I think that that's his best bet right now. Like, you know, because I don't know if somebody like the Celtics are gonna go offer Victor Oladipo six right. seven million. The, the Bucks they're gonna offer him that much. You know what I mean? Considering the injuries and all that, right. he have worked with him. If anybody, we could. And I, get, I I like Victor, man. I like what he was able to do. I feel like, you know, you said we relied on him. I don't think we relied on him. I feel like he put a little more pressure on himself because he saw the Heat weren't doing enough, and he kind of tried to take it upon Forced himself. It. And sometimes it worked out. More often it didn't. Um, but again, first year back after being removed for, you know, an injury for an entire year. So I like him. Uh, Bam's my big question mark right now, man. I, I don't know where I sit with Bam right now. Tyler Hero, obviously another disappointing postseason this time because of injuries. Uh, PJ Tucker, he did what he could. He was hurt. Jimmy is the God. Love you. Keep doing what you're doing, big dog. <laughs> you know, you got nothing but support from the hometown here, bro. Uh, we're totally okay. We're taking that last shot. Coach Spo. What do we say about Coach Bo? He did his, the best that he could, man. He really tried to do the best that he could with the team that, that he was given and, and the guys that he was able to mold into a unit, right? Um, and I do agree with you. I feel like Victor Oladipo did try to do a little bit too much, right? Maybe that wasn't by design, but just more by his feeling for what's happening, right? Everything, nobody else is contributing. Let me try my best. Um, 
it's 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 tough to see whether he can make moves, right? Because then you're talking about tradable assets. When you talk about tradable assets, you talk about Bam, you talk about Hero, uh, you talk about PJ Tucker's contract at seven mil, which is a player contract. He could opt into it. Um, Jimmy's locked in. We know he's not going anywhere. We know that Kyle Lowry is going to be like I said with twenty eight million dollars. How do you find a partner for that? How do you find a trade revolving that? Who knows? But one thing is evident, the the Heat do have to improve and really tr- invest in the big man. You know, because relying on Bam to be the big man is is not going to work. Nah. It's, it's not going to work. It didn't work. You know, and, and we know that that Bam ultimately can be much better on the floor. We saw it as spurts, right, especially during the regular season when, when Demian was protecting the rim. And Bam had the ability to just freelance and really roam around and switch off on whoever. With, without worrying about blocking shots. That's what I feel like the team, need, the team needs to do in order to maximize the output. Um, did we overachieve this year? Probably, right? Because if you look back, we were expecting to be in the top four. We ended up being the number one seed overall. Um, a lot of the experts didn't even have us past the second round facing Philadelphia, you know what I mean? Like, God, man, that's the, that's the most upsetting part. Yeah. It was just adding fuel to all the haters' fire, man. <laughs> That's why I won't congratulate the Boston Celtics. I will. I won't. I they won't. got it. I won't. I won't do it. I won't say good game, guys. You guys were the better team in this. No, series. I won't say that. You guys. I don't think they were the, the better, better team. basketball in this series, and you guys ultimately deserve the chance to compete for the title. No, but I won't say any of those things. No. <laughs> they definitely, you know, were the better team that night. They ended up the whole series. So I don't think so. They were the better team the whole series, bro. I don't Come think on. so. Come on, dog. I don't be, think so. Let's be real. No, I think the teams were very evenly matched, and the Heat really did a terrible job of shooting themselves in the foot, man, they and really their, putting themselves behind the eight ball. Yo, man, look, we they shot. They got their redemption from the bubble, dog. Fuck that, they man. Got their redemption. Man, listen, we we shot poorly the entire series. Yeah, bro, I, and I get that. And that's, we, that's we beat huge. that to we beat you that know, to death in this, in this episode already. That's I mean, huge. We're going on forty minutes out beating that that horse to death, but you, you got to give credit where it's due. And this this core group, I mean, the core group that is Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and um, and Jalen Brown. Um, I mean, those guys stuck together, man. You know what I mean? They didn't get somebody like a KD that came in credit and, and survived. Them. You know what I mean? I got to give them props. They're doing, sure. they're doing it like the OG way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they, this is a core team that has been around five, six, seven Four years. Four years, I think, together. Uh, I think they've been – I think Smart's been there longer. And stuff. Smart's been there, but I and think they, they got just Jaylen, got Brown. And they right. got Tatum like four or five years ago. Right. So they've built it little by little. You know, they went and got Horford and stuff, and now they added a couple guys that I hate that I won't mention um, that are just role players that <clears> always <throat> kill us. But – it, you know what? At the end of the day, um, they we'll, won't, we'll, we'll we be lost. back. We'll be back. Um, as long as Jimmy Butler is on our team, I know we'll be back. And but he, we got to get this guy a championship. We got we to help him out. We got to get, him get some this, help. this guy a championship to Eastern Conference Finals. And, and one time we end up in the finals, come up short. And the other time we end up coming we got, short. We got to get him some help, man. We we really That's what I'm saying. Like It's going to be interesting. You know, what's available out there for the Heat? What type of rumors are, are going to be out there for the Heat and, like, how often it comes about? So, we'll see, man. <laughs> Any other final thoughts on uh, the Heat season, the series? It was a game? good season, bro. It was a good season. It was a fun season. They hooked it up with a lot of pizza manana. And we got to be thankful that we got a guy like Spo and, and Riley that are already thinking about how, ways to improve the team and all the effort that the guys did put into the season. Um, and they gave us a hell of a run, and, and we're thankful for that, man, you know? But it's over. Now we got to watch another team in the finals. So this one's for you, the Heat. One more time, guys. Cheers. Everybody (laughs) hurts.
for sure. Uh, I'll tell you somebody else was hurting. Yeah, man. The Marlins are hurting. Oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, by the way, shout out to Devin. Yes, sir. Last week's episode. Devin, not the guy. other dude, Devin. Not Devin. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you didn't check that out, we talked Marlins baseball last week. Um, and uh, since then, the Marlins have struggled. I mean, we won that game that night, I think. Well, um, not not we. Sandy Alcantara by himself pretty much has been winning games. But, yeah. The Martins are beneficiaries, so so they let, let's keep it like that. They they haven't been doing well right now, but right. the one shining light. Talk to us about Alcantara, man. What did he just do, dog? He's been balling, man. He's uh, in the ten games that he's pitched, he's uh, won five games, two losses, uh, three no decisions, two point ERA, which is top ten in baseball, and sixty three season uh, strikeouts so far in the season, averaging eight per eight point four, pretty much. For every outing that he goes out there and he's really been our anchor. He's been the guy who's been the most consistent type of player. You know, um, they say that sometimes baseball is a team sport. And I disagree because when you have a guy like Sandy Alcantara who can really take over and just really command the game from top to bottom, really put the team in a position to give themselves even a shot. Right. And literally to give themselves a shot to finish the game for him. Right. Um, it's really easy for for the Marlins to rely on a guy who's so dominant, and he has been dominant. In his last three games that he's pitched, he's three and zero, one complete game, um, two earned runs in that in those three starts, twenty six strikeouts, averaging eight innings pitched. Nah, twenty six strikeouts, twenty six. Nasty. No, the guy's dealing, and and the the good thing for us as Marlins, he's stepping right, up from last season for sure. It's that right. It's the fact that the player he's, progress, not only the player progress because we knew he had the talent. Yep, yep. we wanted to see it consistently on the field because right. of the injuries. Every time he came up, he would have a good start, a good game, three good games, and then boom, something would happen. And 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 for whatever reason, <clears throat> excuse me, for whatever reason, this season, Sandy's been able to really. To be consistent, to show up every day for work and really put in a, a good days of work every time this guy is on the mound. And, man, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but the the Martin's pitching staff is really carrying this team. For, for this team to even be winning games like they have been, and it, it's always like that, right? If the Martin's win a game, it's 3-2. to two. It's 3-1. to one. But when they lose those games, they, it's 7-1. to one. It's 6-3. to three. You know, where where the, the bats just don't respond for the Marlins. And, and we're relying on a Jesus Sanchez, but I just don't think he's ready to carry a team, right? I don't think a Jazz is ready to carry a team by themselves. So these guys need to kind of rely on each other to put in good performances. But it all has to happen on the same day, right? It can't be that Jazz goes three for four with two runs and an RBI. And that day, Jesus goes one for four with three strikeouts. Can't be that the way. No, right. It has to be where both these guys are going two for four. Two <laughs> yeah, for four. it has to be a collective team effort. And right now we don't have that. We have pieces. We have pieces to a puzzle, right? We have this Marlins puzzle, and we have little pieces, right? We got a corner, right? We got a couple corners yeah. so far. We got a middle piece, right? But Miguel's running detail. out of time too over there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But we have a couple pieces, you know, in Jazz and in, in Sandy, right? And uh, you know, in T in T, T Raw, um. Which I haven't heard a lot about this season. I don't know. He struggled this year, man. What's going on with him? But we know what he's capable of, right? We know what he's able to do. Um, we got a couple pieces, dude, but we don't have the full puzzle, you know. And I, my concern with this team, just I mean, like it is every season, is, you know, those pieces. How how long do we have 
before they decide, you know what, I, I can have better success doing this somewhere else, whether it's more money or the chance to actually compete for a title or both, you know, a combination of both. And we've seen that time and time again. So that's that's the thing is what's the timer left on a guy like Alcantara or a guy like Jazz, right? Well, you know, if you think about it, man, those guys really have to be the building blocks. You can't trade those guys away. Absolutely. Right? They, they sure. are. They are the building blocks. And I don't think that this group, especially K-Mang, is, is, is readily open to the idea of getting these guys out of here for whatever. I don't think she, I don't think she's thinking like that at all. If anything, I think she's trying to cement these guys here and say, "You guys are going to be here for the next five six years because we really try in order for us to win, quote unquote, on the cheapest that we can. We need to have you here because we can pay you now and not have to worry about it. And even if you, we have to get into a year to year thing in year five six seven, we're willing to do that because by then we should be much better, a lot more uh, generating more revenue. So if the plan goes to work like according accordingly. They should be okay. Um, with a guy like Sandy, I don't, again, he's an ace. How do you get rid of an ace? You know, you can't. The Marlins have learned their lessons from dealing guys when they were already at their prime or whatever and, and not really getting something back for that, right? The, the Man, we can go back in history, but, like, just more recent with Chris Yellick getting rid of Stanton. Um, we trade these guys for prospects that really never really panned out. Or haven't panned out yet. Or we traded for something else. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't think that this franchise is ready to let go of their young players. I think they're they're really invested in them because they know that that's the way for them to build the foundation of success. And if they take a page from the book of the Panthers and the, and the Heat, they know that in order to, to build that success, especially in baseball, you need young, reliable talent. And you need it for the cheap. And that's what you got with Jazz. That's what you got with a guy like Jesus Sanchez. Um, by the way, he was leading the team with 11 home runs. But guess what? He's still not leading the team with RBIs. He only has 25. Aguilar has 27. So how does a guy who has 11 home runs not have 30 RBIs at least? It's simple. We're not generating guys on base. You know, there's not a, a, enough guys. When Garrett Cooper is leading your team with a 277 average, you know you're doing bad. Right, you know you're doing bad. You're not getting on base consistent enough for when those good things happen, those home runs, those doubles, those triples. Nobody's on base, so there's not enough runs coming in. I.e., the pitching staff says, "Shit, I got to work harder." Um, something that I noted in 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 my research for the show, the Marlins only have a guy who has the the lead saves on the team. I believe is six. Right, they have a guy who's who's gotten six saves. In the majors, there's 11 closers right now with double-digit saves. 11. 11. That's a third of the league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the Marlins have a guy who has six. And Baker, I'm not hating on him. That doesn't mean that he sucks or whatever. But it's like, it's obvious that, that that's a big hole that the Marlins have to try to fill. Because in those in those close games, we usually find ourselves coming up short. We're six and fourteen when it comes to those one one run games. Um, that's out of those twenty games. That means that you're in it, and, and they can go either way. They're literally fifty fifty games. Perfect so for example. For you to be six fourteen, 
Perfect example. Just yesterday, uh, the, I mean, the, this happened today, but yesterday, by the time you're listening to it, yep. just lost the home, you know, the opening uh, game to the, the Rockies in the series. Lost seven to one. You would think, oh wow, they ran the table. No, we were actually up one to zero going into the seventh inning. The seventh inning. So they proceed to put up four innings in the seventh and three inning, three runs in the eighth, and they beat a seven one. I mean. You know, it's it's it, we start games. We can start them fine. We're in there. We're hanging. That's that starting pitching. That but, starting pitching is but there, Papa. We can't close out games. We can't close out games for the life of us, man. At all. And, and, and it's it's brutal, man. It's and, brutal and to you see. Know but what? for me, for as long as I've been watching baseball, and historically how I think about it, you really have to invest fifteen to twenty million dollars in a save in a in a closer or in a setup to save, right? Because you can have a guy who can close out games, right. or even two guys. Um, but you need the setup guy, you need the middle relief guy, you need the lefty specialist, and I don't feel like the Marlins have that. Nah. And usually that takes about thirty to fifty million dollars on the payroll staff to really go find those quality guys. Are the Marlins willing to trade for that? Yeah, maybe not right now. We just made a trade, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, the Marlins just made a trade recent last week. I actually, uh, I'll pull that up for you right now on the schedule too. Yeah, go ahead. And um, while while you're bringing that up, you know, you mentioned the Rockies. We're starting that series against them, and and that's going to be a pivotal home game series because the Marlins really need to get it back on track. We we're kind of rough on the road. Um, we've had what seven seven straight road games. I'm sorry, eight straight road games, and that home cooking is really going to take. Advantage. Um, we got two more playing in Colorado uh, after you hear this. So that's Tuesday when this drops. We're playing tonight against Colorado, and then we have the Wednesday game before we come home to play San Francisco four times. All of those games are going to be critical in order for us to get some type of consistency. <clears throat> right. Let's see, man. After that four-game stretch against San Francisco, we got another three-game stretch against Washington. Seven straight games at home. Um, I'm gonna try to make it out there for yeah, these games. Yeah, we got it. We got to man. Got to talk to Devin. Uh, set that up. Yeah, man. Get a little group out there. That's the one. I mean, yeah. basketball's over and uh, hockey's over. Come on, come on. Uh, you know, there's not a lot to look forward to till um, <sighs> September. It's it's gonna be rough. This summer's gonna be rough, bro. And we usually like have a fun summer and have a lot to look forward to. Um, football's not there yet. <laughs> Hold it in, big guy. We're almost Try done. We're almost done. We're almost done. Hold it in, big guy. Um, you know, I wanted to give a shout out to Canes baseball, man. Um, they're going to be starting their regional play down here. They were the number six seed this season. Um, ended up with an overall record of 39 wins and 18 losses. Really impressive and bounced back for this program. Who really has a, a pedigree of not only competing, but winning national championships. I feel like this this UM baseball team is really has something that that people can look and root to. So if you're a UM fan, right, and you claim UM, it can't just be all about football. You have to be into the basketball, the women's volleyball, women's soccer, um, all type of ath- UM athletics. Because you know that's not the case, Doug. Yeah, but you know what? Like, if you're in your early twenties, I get it. You focus on football because that's the funnest aspect of it. If you're in your thirties. It's cool to go watch a game on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night at, at basketball. If you're, if you know they're playing FSU in basketball or they're playing Duke, you know that's always fun. Um, and even with Kings baseball, Mark Light, uh, Alex Fernand, uh, Rodriguez Field is beautiful historical park. Um, they have the best milkshakes in town. Bet that. Okay, I'll put that up against anything, um, and it's worth it. You know, you go out there, you have a good time, and you see these guys. 
um, play a good level of basket of baseball. You know, we talk about this this Hurricanes baseball team. Um, they're starting the regional play on June third against damn oh the Kansas. That's what there is, Kansas, but C A S I N S, which is super weird. Um, I whatever. Know what you just said? Yeah, there. they're playing Friday at twelve. Whatever. The the point is that they're starting the home regional, being a home favorite. All the games going to be played down here for this NCAA tournament. So oh. that just uh, bodes well for them to have that home um, field advantage. And well, then shit, screw the Marlins. Let's go to a Canes game. Yeah, we're definitely going to go to a Canes game, man. Um, they're actually winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I gotta, I gotta see if we can get tickets for the weekend. Mira, mira, talk to your guy. I am, I am. I'm gonna hit him up. Um, but like I said, they're ranked six in the nation, and and they're a well balanced baseball team. Um, they're twenty and ten in the ACC, really good record, above five hundred, and they were eighth in batting in the ACC and ninth in pitching. They were led in the bat and pitching by two guys, uh, Carson Ponquist, uh, sophomore, went nine and four this season. Um, really pitched well, has a, a lot of different pitches that he can work with. And another guy that they relied a lot this year was Jake Garland, another sophomore who went six and two. Uh, young guys, talented guys that the that the Hurricanes have here that um, they're expecting to help them push forward. And they're led on the offensive side of it by another sophomore. Um, his name is Jacob Burke, uh, another sophomore leading the team in hits and average. As a sophomore, for you to be coming in here and, and – Again, for a historic baseball team who has produced a lot of major league talent, for you to have such a season where people are looking at you and saying, man, this guy could be drafted really early, it really bodes well for you as a, as a sophomore when you know you have another two years easy that you can rock out here and, and really work on your game. Um, I'm expecting some good things from this baseball team, man. I really am. Um, I feel like, again, if you're a UM supporter, you know, in that 30-plus range, you really got to turn your attention to the other athletic departments that they have here. Um, UN's baseball baseball is really good. We saw what the men's and women's basketball team was able to do this year in the NCAA tournament. Um, so we really encourage you guys to look besides into, uh, the yeah. football team. If you're look a Canes fan, else. you need to be a Canes athletics fan. You got to be into, you know, you should, you don't have to. You do whatever you want at the end of the day. But right. we're going to say if, if you're going to be a supporter of the program, you're going to wear the colors. You know, it's, it's check it out. It's not just about the football team. You know, it's worth it, man. There's plenty of other talent out there, and uh, they're making runs. So, yeah, man. support your support your teams. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like I'm supporting my team right now, Chelsea. We got good news. We got a new owner. We're we're actually gonna be able to spend some money this summer. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, man. Um, Joel, this was a tough episode, bro. <sighs> Probably the toughest one of the year. I'm not. Yeah. If it wasn't a good listen, yeah. I apologize to the listeners. Um, you know, blame the I'm, alcohol. I'm just kind of. No, I'm not even gonna blame the alcohol. I'm gonna and your blame depression. My, my depression and anxiety. <laughs> and six Xanax you yeah. took before. You got. I, I wish I should have taken some more pharmaceuticals, but I just wanted to really feel the pain. I feel like I I deserve to be in pain today. And and Miami, um, we're there with you, man. We're there with you. You know, I'm not the only one. You know, misery loves company, and I know I have a lot of company. Yep. After last night, um, but. It is what it is, dog. It is so. what it is. We'll be turning the the rumor mill. We'll be checking out what's happening with the team and oh, yeah. um, what what upgrades could happen, you know. And um, before we know it, football's going to be there, bro. And uh, that's definitely something to tell a friend about. You want to play the music? Yeah. Yeah. You, you good? I'm good. All right. I'll just, I'll just. Just tell a friend and uh, it's okay, bro. And subscribe and yeah, all that good stuff, man. Listen, yeah, 
if you're a Heat supporter, you really got to be happy with how the season turned out. Yeah, we didn't make the finals, but you know what? If you look back four months ago and ask yourself, what's the realistic expectation? Is to be fighting for uh, at least the right to get into the finals, and that's what we did. So it is what it is. Heat are out. We'll find themselves back in that position next year or sooner than later. Um, but we got Dolphins football to look forward to, man. And we got Inter-Miami FC. Yo, Pizza Mañana is not dead. Whenever Inter-Miami FC wins or draws, check them out. They're going to be doing the Pizza Mañana. Social is going to be dropping that code. Make sure to check it out. And we're going to be talking about them more as we pick up that soccer with the summer. Got a whole bunch of stuff that we got to bring to you soon, especially some stuff with Miami Golf Bros. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. We're working on that, man. So it's time to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend to be happy that you're listening to Sports with So-So Podcast. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on social media. Tag a friend. Drop a comment. Let us know what you think. Until next time. Peace. peace.